With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. Everybody and welcome to the RHAP B&B for episode 11 of Survivor Edge of Extinction. My name is Mike Bloom here to hopefully dole out spoonfuls of fun and games. We will not be frugal with any amounts of nourishment here. Let me welcome in the panel for this week. First, as always, Liana Boris. Liana, how are you? I'm good. I'm really happy to be here. I can't wait to say smell you later at the end, but I'm going to say it now because I just really love it. Uh, so in a preemptive smell you later, smell you later. Wow. The first ever voting confessional given at the beginning of an episode instead of the end of it. That's it, right. Exactly. I'm just, you know, so the B&B smells lovely, but I would love to smell you both later. Well, I mean, it's, uh, lovely is a very <laughs> operative term. I think we barely passed the smell test, considering, you know, all the food that we've had milling in and out here the past few weeks. Yeah, that's true. A lot of food and animals, which probably doesn't produce the best smell. Yeah, we're basically a, a, like a makeshift manger here at the B&B. But let's welcome in our guest. She is always such a fun get here on the B&B, and she is never carrying around a knife behind her back ready to a to brute us. Megan Z, welcome back. How you doing? Thank you. I'm good. I just wanted to double check. You guys are covered in head to toe mud also, like we discussed, right? <laughs> That's part of the B&B spa package. In order to podcast, one must be covered from head to toe in mud. Uh, so I'm dripping over here. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I'm the room I'm recording in has been covered in plastic around like the fifth time we <laughs> recorded the B&B. My wife sort of took a took a hint from an interior decorating perspective. And now it feels like I'm in some sort of weird Patrick Bateman S podcast fantasy. But you know what? You, you got to get into the mood and get into the mud in order to podcast. Let's get muddy. Let's do it. <laughs> well, with Megan, it's been a while since we've heard you talk about Edge of Extinction. You were on Twist back in the first few episodes. But I would say the season was very, very different. So now that we are you know, two months uh, ahead and looking down the barrel of the last few episodes of this season. Have your opinions on the season changed at all as you've watched it progress? 
I think I still look back at that beginning of the season as some of my fonder memories of it. So when I think of it, I'm like, okay, it was almost like we fast forwarded to the end of the show because you had only like three or four people on the edge. You really got to know them. You really got invested with them. And now as we've kind of muddied the waters of the edge, I don't think it's as much fun. There's more of a focus now on the returning players over there. But I was so in love with those first couple of episodes that was just like Ream Island over there. And while she still is totally giving me everything I need, uh, that I think was some of the peak edge was right there at the beginning when it was just a small group. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't care for much for the, uh, you know, the oh, now I'm on the edge and I'm struggling kind of stuff anymore. Like I'm kind of over that. Uh, I was here, though, for the Reem segment with Reem just <laughs> reaming um, Kelly. That was absolutely lovely. So I don't know if it's like a Reem thing, um, but it was I think it was fun to watch them discover the edge of extinction. And now it kind of feels a little bit more rote. And the jury is made up of 20,000 people. It's its own little <laughs> sovereign nation over there. So, you know, that's also like kind of crazy. Yeah, it was, there was that one moment when Wardog gets voted off and Jeff says ninth member of our jury. And I said, <laughs> Dear God, I cannot believe this is going to happen. I can only imagine what that final tribal council is like. We might not even have a reunion, let alone like even talk to the winner, because we're going to have a 13 jury final tribal council. At least it's an odd number, because God forbid if it, if it becomes a tie and they have to go from there. I will say with the uh, Edge of Extinction stuff, particularly this episode. I mean, I am happy that they broke it up, that it's not exactly a scavenger hunt each and every day, even though it does seem like David Wright just sort of blended into the foliage and is <laughs> like not even on the show anymore. Between him not even getting mentioned on the previously on and not being on Extinction Island, it was all about Kelly with some Joe and some Ob's hugs. I'm sort of like, I don't want to say this is like Kelly versus Reem thing, but I will say I enjoyed it all. I am one who is always a sucker for say what you want to about, you know, crybaby Island when it comes to stuff like ghost Island. But I'm always happy to see survivors showing emotion and the emotional toll that the game can take, especially, you know, nearly 20 seasons in. So I was here for Kelly showing some vulnerability, especially because that's not something we typically see of her character, but it was also fun to see Reem lay into her. And then it ended on a nice note, at least where she got to sort of fall under uh, Reem's tutelage as like the newest stepchild. She's sort of like the, uh, I guess, what was it, Joe on the Facts of Life, who was like the uh, the biker girl, where she's like, she's sort of the black sheep of the family, but Reem comes over and is like, ah, get out of the sun, you know better. <laughs> it had a nice little crystallized ending to it, even though this was a bit of a weird segment on the edge. I actually forgot about the whole David thing, because like, okay, returning player powwow, no David, and David's like out there just kind of lurking around, like trying to find advantages and stuff. I would actually be curious to have a David cam just to kind of like see what David's up to, because clearly we're not getting that. Yeah, how come he didn't get an ob or whatever they called the the classic mm. hug you can order up um, from her? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. We need like an Amazon dash button, like an Aubrey dash button where mm -hmm. she'll dash over to you literally and give you a hug. I did not know. Three seasons of Survivor. I guess we're finding out new things about Aubrey. She's known for her patented hugs. <laughs> yeah, that was a learning thing for me. So that was nice. I want to throw something out here in the very beginning. I'm willing to officially with this episode put a label on this season. I think I'm going to call Survivor Edge of Extinction a train wreck season. And it's it's all in, like I say it as a term of endearment. Uh, that's what I use to refer to seasons like Survivor, Nicaragua, and Gabon, and Samon <laughs> del Sor, where like a bunch of big characters, you would think from an editing perspective and storytelling perspective, usually make it to the end. 
And I'll admit, I was pretty surprised that the plan to take out War Dog happened here successfully because we got so much of it over the course of the episode. And you think War Dog has been such a big character. He's not going to go out in eighth place, right? And lo and behold, he did. And now we're sort of left with this really interesting group of people that we've been getting to know more of. But to your point, Megan, I think you look back on the first half of the season and you point to half of these people and say, who are you? This has just been such a weird season on so many levels. And I feel like getting rid of arguably one of the bigger characters, especially someone who had such a big episode last week in War Dog, just is the cherry on top of that interesting tasting Sunday. Yeah, I'm even I'm just looking at the list. I'm trying to think of like, okay, who has had a storyline sort of throughout? I mean, Rick and Lauren, although Lauren really didn't get any content apart from fainting uh, once we made the merge. And then I guess you could say like, oh, Julie and Ron and Victoria have all kind of had their nuggets. But um, but yeah, it's it's so weird. The editing this season, I like can't. I can't make heads or tails of it. So I think I would co-sign the the train wreckness of everything. And I think with some of the moves that have been made that have been questioned about like, why are they doing this? What is going on? Um, I think once we see the full story, maybe that'll help us make more sense of everything. But right now I just feel like everything's so jarring and chaotic and I can't really keep track. And there's mud being rubbed on you by war dog, which is <laughs> apparently heaven. And like, I just don't know what's going on. So it's really chaotic. And I still can't go back to the jury. So many people on the jury when they had to put them in a pyramid i was like okay no so many people so uh, yeah train wreck is i guess what i'm emoting is a great way to describe the season yeah i was kind of hoping that they eliminated some of the benches of the jury and the jury was gonna have to be scattered in like several parts of tribal council like some are behind jeff some are just on the floor like reem gets a seat right in the middle because she got there first but if you got there last you kind of have to like hang out by one of the bushes maybe hold a boom like that's just how it would work if you got there later oh yeah. i love that idea let's staff some of the extra jury members as extra camera crew people <laughs> mm-hmm. like guys you've been working hard enough you take a night off let's get david right to you know hold Hold up the camera for this tribal council, put them to work a bit because, you know, they need something to do. Yeah, I think that'd be so good. Or like, have you like, I mean, I know it already looks really crowded, but like really drive that point home. Can you imagine the jury's there and Reem's like sitting behind Jeff Probst? (laughs) (laughs) Then she would start interacting. So maybe that wouldn't work, but I would find it very entertaining. Well, let's start by talking a bit about war dog, the baby rhino himself, who ended up going out this episode. And we'll go to our usual preseason picks so liana safe to say war dog was one of the bigger characters once we heard that a man refers to himself non-ironically as the war dog we knew we were in for an interesting surprise how did you think he would do preseason okay so um i had war dog uh (laughs) pre-jury and uh this is what i said so a five-person alliance formed on Kama, including the vets, each with an understudy, Kelly with Lauren, David with Keith, and Rick, Kool-Aid man, Devins. So this left Chris and Wardog on the outs. Everything about Wardog was viewed as a threat. He was strong in challenges. He had a compelling story, and he was savvy and bald. <laughs> Unfortunately for Wardog, his, quote, certain sex appeal couldn't save him oh. from being sent to Misfit Island to chill with Reem Daly. <laughs> wow. So, you, so I mean, so you, accurately, you accurately did predict that he would be going to extinction with Reem. And we even saw at the end of this episode her being like, you're going to get it for me tomorrow, yeah. which is a weird, like, delayed threat like ooh, you've only got eight hours until you're reaming it's coming yeah hell starts tomorrow war dog but tonight you rest 
I'll give you some time off. I know you had a tough night, but just you wait. You're going to get thrown into the fire here. It's very considerate uh, of her to wait, you know. Also, bald and savvy, I think, is the perfect way to describe Wardog. Bald and savvy. Yes. I the certain sex appeal. I remember that from the preseason. I don't remember what. Like, he said it, I think, at some point in some bio, and apparently that stood out to me. Uh, but now, he, since it's been so long, I don't remember. He said something, from what I remember, along the lines of, like, you know, he wants to prove that, like, you know, he's, I think he's, like, 36, 38, and he said, you know, I want to prove that I have a, a certain sex appeal that other men my age don't. Ah, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> Get it, war dog. Yeah, <laughs> you do, you boo-boo. Uh, so I had a little bit of higher prospects for war dog. I had him making the finale, which oh. could still happen, depending on, uh, just a brief tangent, I was realizing as well, again, with the high jury number, I have no idea what the heck they're going to do with like, how are they going to do a 12 person challenge to earn your way back into the game? They're gonna That's s- going to no, they're going to stand gonna, and balance on something. That's what they, it has to be that right. Because I know with the six, they were able to do like an actual multi-part challenge, but mm-hmm. they can't. I don't know if they have enough wood in but, Fiji to construct an actual obstacle course for 12 people to run individually. That's Wouldn't right. It have been f- funny if they still had fallen comrades, but it's just like they're all still in the game. So there's nothing even <laughs> to like think back and like look at like, oh, I have fond thoughts of Eric. Oh, wait, he's still there. Never mind. All right. It'd next be, one. It'd be, it'd be great <laughs> if they were holding their torches while you walk by them. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, instead of laying down the torches, right, like, of the voted out contestants, you walk by them as they're, like, standing on the edge of extinction. But you still have to talk about it like they're not there. Yes, exactly. Right. And they just have to stand there. Um, Okay, so a few things. One, thank you, Mike, for bringing up the deforestation of Fiji. I forgot that that was my issue a couple seasons ago. So I'm glad uh, we took up the cause only a few days after Earth Day. That's right. Well, you know, better late than never. Um, The other thing is, though, is that Aubrey, remember she won or found the practice poll with the... So, I mean, I assume that has to come into play. So that (laughs) makes me feel like it's going to be some multi-part challenge because she... You know, what What would be the point of practicing on that if it's not going to be something that's incorporated into the challenge? I do love the term practice poll, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Get you that practice poll. So- I, I want an entire episode, and I know we don't have enough time, dedicated to it, like a 45-minute challenge for them to get in and it being like the most intense episode of Survivor ever, and it takes up the whole thing. I know we're not going to get that, but I just feel like let's get hyped for this return from the edge and like really put emphasis on it and not have it be like, three minutes because we've been waiting for this all season it's not going to happen but i think that would be very impressive if we totally pivoted and just had a full episode down to this challenge well it is interesting i know that top chef in the past when they started doing the last chance kitchen stuff since it was online only sometimes they would air like before the person came back an entire hour episode of like Here's what Last Chance Kitchen was. We abridged 12 duels into one episode. It would be interesting if at like the seven o'clock hour before the finale, I know we would want to turn the three hour finale into a four hour deal. But if they put right before it, like to your point, Megan, like maybe we'll have multiple stages where like three people get eliminated in, in each round or something. But yeah, it is a bit weird that we get again this huge build of Edge of Extinction. That twist is essentially going to end in the first 10 minutes of that finale we might even get like a previously on where we recap each of the players journeys uh though to to the point that we made before they might be very very strange to begin with yeah that's a that's actually a good point like the fact that 
you kind of want something super climactic for the way that this challenge ends. And so, uh, you know, how or this twist ends? So, you know, what is that challenge? What does that look like? Because if you're going to have so many people, I guess the whole whole point was like, oh, it's supposed to be this uh, mental challenge of fortitude out on the edge of extinction. But you do have this ending challenge, which is how you get back in the game. What what do we think it's going to be like final six? So final seven, maybe, or maybe final six goes back to final seven. Anyway, it, it needs to have some weight to it, I think. Uh, so back to my award, oh, not yeah. the practice poll oh, and yes. getting onto the real right, one. I forgot about that. Um, yes, my all too correct prediction about Dan the War Dog da Silva. So I said he would make the finale. I said he'd successfully lead a majority against the returning players. I said, despite not wanting the Tony comparisons, he'll eventually dig a foxhole for himself to pontificate and observe. And I said, he'll get voted out for being too much of a jury threat after avoiding some slippery situations. Ooh, olive oil. (laughs) Okay, wow. Uh, I mean, Wardog is such a tricky character because I I put him in what I call the John Mish box, which is I don't I don't know whether they're a hero or a villain because you've got Wardog, who's like this military hero, but also kind of like a buffoon in the challenges. Would you but- call him a Mishfit? <laughs> yes, he's part of my 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 gang of of misfits. Um, but he's also like an internet troll, but also is like a law student, which means he's like intellectual and savvy. Um. Either way, I I think I have to give it to Mike. I think that's where I'm going on this one. Sorry, Liana. No, that's that's fair. I can see it. Um, just to the to the point about Wardog being a, a law student. So this is what my mom said. So my mom is still visiting. She left this morning as we're recording. We she watched the episode with me, and she doesn't like the Wardog. And she said, "No one can understand the Wardog. How is he going to be a lawyer if the judge can never understand him?" <laughs> so. For some reason, I'm imagining like a my cousin Vidi setting. We're yeah. like, it's the judge, and then War Dog being like, all right, judge, uh, here's what happened to me and my client. Uh, I don't know why I, he's suddenly talking like that, but that's my War Dog impression. <laughs> yeah. And I can imagine him him on the stand would be very interesting. Though maybe if he's more well-fed and rested, he has a little bit of a less frantic mindset. Yeah, maybe a little bit more articulation. I don't know. And to be fair, Liana, I also had a similarly accurate prediction that uh, I know we didn't include the edge stuff in there, but I said that he would be our second returnee. He would win his way back from the edge of extinction, which I'm pretty sure to your point, Megan, I don't, it's really a varied opinion as to how people feel about war dog. I think across the survivor fan populace, but I think everyone is in agreement that I don't think he's going to win a challenge. I think if we're power ranking the 12 people to come back into the game, when it comes from a challenge based perspective, he's, he is a uh, tiptoeing on the bottom right there. Wait, okay, so wait, hold on. So you said that he wins his way back into the game? Yes. So he makes the finale, but he got voted out previously? When did he get I was I would say he got he got voted out and then would win his way back and therefore make the finale. Oh, okay. Can I clarify? Okay, I'm going to give it to Mike because I think Mike deserves it. But I would just like to clarify. I have three predictions for War Dog because I said he was going to go to Ream Island then he's going to win his way back into the game. Then he was going to get voted out when he made the merge. Then he's going to win his way back into the game and he was going to make the finale. I mean, you may win for more thrilling storytelling. <laughs> you So you just to clarify, you predicted that War Dog would Ozzy his way through Survivor <laughs> Edge of Extinction. 
Yes, that's what I predicted. So I have a prediction for him. He wins his way back into the game because this is his island, not Reem's. That's what I wrote for his first entering back in. Then I said he's going to re-enter the game after the first Redemption Island challenge. And it would have been a revolving door type situation, but he won the first individual immunity <laughs> challenge. Keeping himself safe at the first vote. Um, but then next time, however, Wardog is easily the joint target of David's Looney Tunes Dudes Alliance and Kelbury's Praying Mantis Alliance. So he's sent back to Third Chance Island. Then he wins his way back into the game because it really is his island, not Joe's. Joe is sad and tries to live on the island. I don't know what that means or why that's Joe's there. Sad and tries to live on the island. Like, I and think- Joe has never come back from the island. He lives there right now. He, Actually, he got married with Sierra, but he demanded that they get married on that island. Yeah. So here's what I wrote about Joe on the edge of or the island of extinction. Lives on the island the entire time. Loses both challenges, um, including another stacking pull challenge where he faints again so he tries to stay after the final challenge establishing a home for him sierra and sierra's horses but production finally removes him from the island wow anyway that would be be an interesting thing if the fijian government uh issued like a cease and desist against joey amazing to please vacate your island property (laughs) yeah and then he like gets squatters rights because he's like out there living on the island Uh, we just see him in a future season just like up in a tree it's like wait a second is that joe up there yeah, exactly. yeah, he'd be, he'd be a, they could bring back the Survivor Blair Witch Challenge of like, right, I'm going to tell you the legend of Joey Amazing, who still mm-hmm. lurks the jungle to this day out here. Yeah, and then it would be, you know, Joey Amazing matured on Ghost Island. And like, you know, <laughs> you know I don't know what it is. His yeah, well, no, he, yeah, he definitely matured. Now he's just like grizzled and gray. Uh, now, now he looks like Jimmy T. <laughs> yeah, some more time traveling nonsense. I was thinking more like Robin Williams from Jumanji kind of deal, but... Um, but yeah. Anyway, so uh, so yeah. So then I have him make the final three, <laughs> and he he uh, wins the final immunity challenge. Accidentally takes Julia with him when he meant to take Julie. Um, War Goat <laughs> only receives one vote at the final when Joe finally makes it back to L.A. after living for months on stupid Twist Island. So <laughs> yeah, it was a novel. So I I'm, I love the fact that he pulled a Ross at the altar and accidentally said the wrong name to take them to the fines for the finale. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I and, have. And then Julia was your winner pick. So that's how she wins the game is by accident by Wardog yep. saying the wrong name. Yes, that was the narrative because uh, she was supposed to she was the uh, the threat to win it all. And so they were she was he was supposed to take Julie, but then he messed up the name. He took Julia and then Julia wins. So. Now, that would be the iconic moment when Jeff says, sometimes there's iconic moments. And, you know, that would actually be one. Right. And like, doesn't take a long time to become an iconic moment. It just is an iconic moment. It just moment. is. And then, and then Jeff would have to pull like doing Arissa Cox and doing Are You Sure? Basically, after every tribal council mm-hmm. vote to make sure people are saying the same name. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. Wow. That is a fantastic piece of fan fiction, all of which I'm sure will not come true. But. Right. Who knows? Maybe it's uh it's gonna be like a debate challenge and War Dog could really I don't know, that'd be a really nice five hole. Yeah, math for War challenge, Dog. maybe. That's that true. That's true. Yeah. We shall see. Uh well, Megan, I'm gonna turn it back to you here. Uh what did you bring for us to discuss from this episode outside of what we think Joe's lifestyle would be like if he was just left by himself on Extinction Island in perpetuity? Sure. So I have I have two things. Uh one is about the edge jury people, which we've already talked about. And then I have another kind of wackier question, but we'll, we'll go with the straight lace one first, which is, um, do you think if and when they bring the edge back, do you think they would let 
Uh, the people who are on the island go to all the tribal councils from the beginning going on to the end so that people can at least say, OK, they've seen how everybody is played throughout as opposed to just from the midpoint on, because it's kind of like the fire making challenge where once the secret is out, it's like, OK, we can all talk about it the whole time. Yeah, that's a good point. So I don't know if they would want to hide it from the player. You know, so I I assume they're not going to call it Edge of Extinction 2. Although if they do, then I think that that would make sense. If they're still trying to hide it from the players, then I can understand why they wouldn't have them come in. But this is what I was trying to explain to my mom last night. I was like, Mom, Reem got voted off day three. Like, she has not met these people like she does not know who these people are but she's gonna be voting for someone to win and so yeah this concept of oh if you bring them in earlier at least they can get a sense of you know like victoria's move to take out aubrey for example instead of hearing it secondhand through aubrey you know she would at least kind of get to see that so maybe that makes more sense i don't know maybe it'll depend on how the jury votes shake out here's an idea what if so in the merge i win an immunity challenge I earned the right. Good for you, Mike. Thank you so (laughs) much. I did not think I would be able to do it, but that practice poll really helped. Uh, I earned the right to kidnap one person from Extinction Island and have them be an observer at camp until tribal council where they walk back over to the jury bench. That could be a way for like, because I agree that, you know, one of the reasons I Dalton Ross really talked about this nicely during Triple H as well. I think it's become a lot, especially with tribal council fireworks of, okay, Tribal councils are way for the jury to really try to boil down people's games into the hour and a half that they watch. This could be a way to sort of bring in the Extinction Island people in a varied perspective, and maybe they can help strategize. Maybe they can just observe. Maybe they can stir the pot a bit. I'm not entirely sure. But if they do bring it back, it could be a way to at least change up the format a bit to give them more information. Because to your point, Megan, it's, it's a lot of hearsay until they actually go to tribal council and observe things. But is the is the issue the fact that be okay so i guess i'm trying to like i'm trying to parse everything out so i think one of the issues is that you know if they've never like inner like interacted with the person like is that the issue because you could make the same like you could have the same twist for example on a regular season where if it's at the jury phase you win individual immunity and you get to pluck one of the jury members to like observe at camp or like do whatever um like i could see you doing that in a regular season i don't think that that's necessarily specific to the edge uh twist I mean, it's also it's a very comparable argument to like back during, you know, Cook Islands and Fiji and even Gabon, where they had pre-jury where they had pre-merge people on the jury. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, that, that was a point that people were making, too, of, oh, you're you're voting on people that you haven't necessarily spent time with before. And so you have to sort of make guesses based on the other jurors or based on what you see at tribal council. So I think that's just the disadvantage of maybe not even Extinction Island, just a large jury in general. If you have a jury of 13 people, suffice it to say, everyone is not going to be playing with everyone. And so you have to base it off of just opinions you glean from others. Mm hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's part of the skill, though. And that's kind of what started happening at this um, this tribal council was the really selling yourself to the jury, you know, and starting to do it so soon. And that's something you almost have to do when you have people who you've never met. I mean, you know, you got Chris and Reem out there. It's like, well, uh, yeah, of course, I have to sell myself because I've never actually interacted with these people. Yeah, which maybe that might be a good thing. You know, do we we think that uh, I know? Gavin uh, and Lauren helped really endear themselves to Kelly. Was that did that make them anti-Reem as well? You know, is it like you have to manage not only 
who am I appealing to, but who doesn't like who out on extinction and how does that affect how they view me? I mean, everybody is giving their best A-game facial winks, nods, eyebrow raises, shoulder shrugs over to the jury. I just feel like everyone is just doing a lot of dance moves over there, trying to signal to different people on the jury that they're like, I'm thinking of you while I'm doing this. There's a lot of wiggling going on. And that's Ron's strong suit. So maybe that bodes well for him. (laughs) He loves to dance to the jury. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it's a really interesting question, just how you how you game the big jury. Some of them, it might just be like a crapshoot and like, okay, uh, I guess they're going to think what they think of me, even if they don't necessarily know me. Maybe they think it's only two votes in a 13 person jury. <laughs> Maybe the vote won't be seven, six. It'll be, it'll be interesting to, to hear after the fact from some of these players that make it to the end as to how they were trying to compartmentalize dealing with such a big jury that if this comes back again, could be even bigger. We could be looking at a 17-person jury or something coming up in future seasons. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Oh, man. <clears throat> what was your other question, Megan? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, if Joe, Aubrey, Kelly, and David, all the returning players, go to dinner, who do you think picks up the check? Ooh, well, Ooh. David had left early because he had to go look for <laughs> something in the bushes. Yeah, David, they're like, I don't even remember David being at dinner. Was he David, there? Yeah, I was going to say, was David even invited? I don't know. He's totally invited, whether or not he leaves partially. To maybe, but that's like a dine and dash situation where he stiffs other people with the check then. Right. He, well, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I have to leave. And then he like gets up and leaves. And then they're like, wait, hey. Um, I, I would say that Kelly would be the one to schedule dinner and then get there and be like, guys, I just had such a rough day. Like this, I'm so glad we're all here because this is just really hard on me. And I think Joe and Aubrey both feel so bad. They're like, you know what? We'll take care of your your side of the check. Don't worry about it. You're having a tough time today. Yeah, I was going to say Aubrey. That was like my gut feeling because Joe's yeah. been living on an island. So I don't know if he like developed his own form of currency. <laughs> do, and they do don't have like seashells. Bucks. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't know. I've got some seashells, some twine and a couple of berries. And then Aubrey's like, I have a MasterCard. So maybe that'll work better. <laughs> right. <laughs> do you take berries? Uh, yeah. I, I. So, yeah, I think Aubrey would probably be my go to. That would be okay. a really fun dinner to observe. Yeah, that's the thing about these returning players is that they they sometimes have their history. I think they all sort of they knew of each other, obviously. But that's what also made that Kelly scene so super interesting was like her confiding in Joe back when they were like pretty big enemies back during Cambodia. You know, Aubrey coming in like again, those three returning players seem like they're all pretty buddy buddy. God knows what David's doing, but you have to assume that he's pretty like copacetic with them as well. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> um okay sorry my mom okay so sorry okay my mom is like at, my mom's a disaster sometimes i love her to death so she's at the airport and she was she was telling me about the clam chowder that she was eating and then oh it's she, very early for clam chowder yeah, what what I, no I, okay here's what she said i wonder if there's olive oil okay so i i told these guys before the show my mom's two favorite foods are olive oil and stevia every food has them like both of them. So I wonder, I wonder if uh, if this clam chowder has uh, stevia and olive oil. So yeah, I'm having some chowder for the rest of my breakfast. It's not, it's so clammy, but not as much as the clam meister, which is what she's been calling my cat, whose name is Clam. Um, so anyway, anyway, she's trying to, sw- oh my God. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Ooh, which is a better nickname, clam meister or war dog? <laughs> the, the clam meister maybe that's i like clam meister <laughs> yeah 
Okay. Um, all right. Let's get in. Speaking of uh, nicknames, the Clammeister, maybe that might be something we come up with as we cast the remaining Survivor players in the actual game, not the Edge of Extinction, as superheroes. So I was inspired by the Avengers trailer that I saw uh, on the TV uh, to do sort of what Big Brother does for the players on Survivor. So we're going to come up with some nick or names like superhero names and then maybe their catchphrase and their superpowers so i thought we could all just kind of like brainstorm ideas that we have and uh you know who knows maybe we can get our very own avengers franchise out of this yes the survivor cinematic universe would definitely become a thing uh, exactly yeah, so i do have a couple of people that were on the edge uh but yeah again it's very interesting that of the week we decided to do this it's with the group that not to say they're not interesting personalities, but again, considering the people that are already out of the game, it's definitely a little bit more of a difficult task than it was maybe like three weeks ago. But maybe it's like true superheroes where like, okay, they just seem like they're regular people, but like underneath, like, whoa, baby, there's a big superhero ready to burst through. See, there we go. I like that. Speaking of bursting through, let's talk about the Kool-Aid man himself, Rick. Devons. Okay, so I'll I'll kick things off. So obviously there's the whole Kool-Aid thing, but I had the news blaster. <laughs> uh he has a ray gun that shoots news. I don't know exactly what that means. Maybe it's Are we talking newspapers. like physical and newspapers or just yeah. the concept of news? Like, bet you didn't hear this. I like the concept of news because I don't know how damaging a newspaper would be. It would just be more like an annoyance, if anything, but maybe that's like his thing or he like talks people's ears off like literally or figuratively um i thought maybe his catchphrase could be something like obviously the oh yeah thing but uh the one i came up with was today's headlines you busted oh <laughs> yeah. wow I, yeah. I love that uh the ones that i came up with for rick i went very granular with the marvel stuff uh, so I gave Rick a similar path to Bucky Barnes, also known as the Winter Soldier. Who I you could tell me anything right now, and I have no, uh, Bucky Bow. Is that what you're saying, Big yes, Tom? Tom Buchanan's son is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He is Goat Boy, uh, the popular SNL character. Uh, no, the, so Bucky Barnes was uh, Captain America's partner back in the 40s, and he ends up. They thought he was dead. He comes back as the Winter Soldier, this brainwashed evil sleeper agent. But I called Rick the Summer Soldier. Because he has a very similar storyline to like, we thought he got killed off in issue number four, but now he actually came back and now he's uh, sort of taken the main stage. You know, if David Wright was uh, Captain America, he's sort of taken his spot now and is his own sort of superhero. But the other name I came up with was Anchorman, which I guess could be sort of in the line with uh, Liana's thinking with the news blaster. So I, I was I was thinking along the line of uh, Liana's also. So I had I had one which was that he was just very talky. So I had the chit chat champ, which I thought could be it. But then I also had the anchor of destruction, uh, where he has like an actual anchor, and he's also like a news anchor. So there's like a play there of like, oh, he's got an anchor that he uses to, I don't know, lasso people in or whatever you may do oh, with an anchor or like hold things down. I like this. So what would happen is his anchor can like collect kinetic energy. So let's say somebody punches the anchor. Anchor, he can then let loose his catchphrase back to you and like throws it at them <laughs> oh that's good i like this one yeah i could totally i could totally see that and i think um 
I think it's better than shooting out newspaper uh, and it comes with a little catchphrase. So, you know, when you like pull the cord on the doll that will inevitably be made of uh, Rick Devins, then I think that that fits and he can come with his little anchor. That's so what do you, cute. What do you, would he come with dad bod version and like new Rick version? Yeah, well, that's like uh, so I'm in the same boat as Meg Z in terms of the winter boy or like I don't, <laughs> <Winter> <laughs> <boy>. <laughs> I don't know is i don't know uh, i don't there have been 11 no it was like tw- i heard a story on npr it was like 22 movies mm-hmm. from the avenger universe in like 11 years or something insane like that like two movies a year and apparently this new one is like three hours long that's very long that's like i have seen one out of 22 i i who who can beat me i've seen one out of 22 liana are you over or under my um, number i'm over i'm over that because i think i've seen oh. it some of the uh the iron man like at least iron man one and two at least oh you so, mean like, you mean steel boy steel, ah, yes the steel boy it's the same thing Wait, he's got well, a steel rod oh yeah it's his practice steel rod um <laughs> what was it the winter soldier the yes the winter soldier, soldier not winter. not the winter boy <laughs> that's like a really bad ranking bass movie around christmas um i forgot what i was saying so okay cool uh all right let's move on to julie uh so mm, i got i got, I've yeah, got one here okay okay uh mine is the treetop tinkler okay yeah okay because Uh of her uh her story uh about peeing in bushes so i my thought was she would be some sort of like ninja like figure as she hops from tree to tree and her catchphrase would be i'm jumping ship even though she's not really (laughs) jumping ship she's just jumping from trees and leaving her mark on them uh okay so is she peeing on the trees I guess it comes with the name. Okay, that's like part of sometimes the yeah, things just happen. You know, you know, you know how like you know some uh, superheroes leave calling cards. She mm. does in a manner of speaking. That makes sense. I, I actually also had her catchphrase was "I'm jumping ship" just because that was so iconic. Um, I was thinking similarly. I had the golden nutcracker, uh, <laughs> but her alter ego would be the paranoid passenger. So it could be like a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde type situation. Um, Meg Z, did you think of anything that you know maybe not related to the fact that she peed in public? It actually, it actually isn't. So mine went off of the fact that she's a toy maker, and I had her the uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex, where she like. <laughs> Like, transforms into a like dinosaur to get her work done <laughs> to get her work done Tyrannosaur, they have short arms how did she do anything <laughs> oh. well maybe on the island maybe in some of like the challenges you may need like shorter arms um you know i, I don't know it's the best i could come up with <laughs> i like this concept of a tyrannosaurus rex trying to like make toys with like the tiny little stubby arms oh it's good for like intricate work i suppose if you're doing like really detailed stuff and that's really like the etsy style of things but i think if she's trying to make things wholesale like we're not putting her on the 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 conveyor belt anytime soon to try to make these toys wholesale Mm, yeah and plus you know then it can say right part of the appeal is that it's you know it's gluten-free it's all natural and it's made by a tyrannosaurus rex and so you know (laughs) so you know you're getting a good product or something yeah you know you're getting a product what we can do instead of, you know, Wonder Woman has an invisible jet. I think Julie has her own one seat passenger plane. That's that probably she, accurate. That she like flies herself to get from location to location. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I'm jumping ship though. I think does have to be your catchphrase though. Like I just, even though it makes no up. sense to what a T-Rex would do. <laughs> right. Like I, exactly. Like I understand that in this context, now that it's been morphed a little bit, it doesn't make any sense, but I still <laughs> want it because I like it. I like how we've both, now these are both like nautical themed 
sort of superheroes. Maybe they can only be on the ocean while they do this. Mm. Well, that could be, uh, you know, the, so my mom, so I told my mom about this idea. So she was like, you should call them the Revengers, which then I was like, mom, oh. that was actually already stuck in by Big Brother, right? Is your like, mom a producer on Big Brother? I don't know. Maybe in her secret life. Uh, that magical clam chowder giving her well, all the ideas. I was going to say, exactly. no more slop, only stevia and olive oil for these have-nots. <laughs> that were, that's uh it could be like when they used to do it right where it would be like oh you get you know clams and uh, jello crackers yeah or, you know yeah exactly so stevie and olive oil would be one of the torture but for her of course it'd be amazing um okay gavin meg mm. what do you got for gavin I mean, I went straight up and took the easy route and did Pineapple Boy 38. Yeah. Uh, because he's got the pineapples. <gasps> like, it's like, it's a, it's, he's like the sequel. Uh, I went with, he's the first ever zombie superhero, the newly dead, newly wed. <laughs> <laughs> and then he walks around and he's like, my wife. <laughs> yeah, that's who, that's who he's avenging. And I said he has the power to talk to dogs. Yes, of course. Um, I think that makes sense. I, I went the the uh, a low hanging fruit, uh, pun intended, route with the pineapple, and he's just the pineapple costume that Tommy Chong wore from The Masked Singer. <laughs> so he's like literally a pineapple. Is his um, voice disguised also? <laughs> yeah. <Wife. laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and his superpower includes turning on his best friend. So I don't, I don't know if that makes me hero. Oh my gosh, I read that as turning. I've heard that as turning, turning on his, his best friend. Maybe and I was too. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I don't presume to know him and Eric's relationship. Like maybe him and his wife, or you know, uh, Gavin and his wife out of an understanding, more of an open relationship. And Eric's like into that. I don't know, but yeah, I like, I'm just waiting for Gavin like- to completely morph into Brett Closer from Samoa. Like I feel like he kind of looks the same. He gives mm. those jury looks the same, and I I'm just waiting for him to have a couple of bust out challenges hit here in the next couple episodes mm. or to come out with like a t-shirt line it could be have pineapples on it exactly there we go although you know the like what does that say about the editing and the way the characters have been developed this season when you know two out of the three of us were like pineapples because that's all <laughs> we could think about and that's what his t-shirt has on it yeah well we know so we know he he likes pineapples on his shirt he thought david wright was a threat and he doesn't like being talked to like a dog those are the right. three things we know about gavin Yes, does that's so like when I was trying to come up uh, with some of these, I just wrote down immediately what was the first thing that came to my mind with with these people. So, yeah, it was pineapples, my wife talking to like a dog. Like those were the three <laughs> things I wrote down. So, um, OK, so let's move on from the pineapple to Lauren. So I had a hard time with Lauren. Mm. What I have is the fighting fainter um her idol finding stat is high she doesn't get upset she just gets embarrassed uh she's <laughs> kelly's sidekick uh so her catchphrase is i'm kelly's sidekick and that's so embarrassing uh that's mm. all i got though i wasn't sure like what her power was because i feel like she's been really she was really flushed out kind of in the early weeks of the season and i'm like what do i know about lauren now yeah my nickname for her is a uh, starveen darlene oh <laughs> what I don't know. I wanted to give her another name. So like, what could I starving Darlene? Because I guess if she has a secret identity as Lauren Underwood uh, or Lauren. No, I, I did not just ship her and Chris together. Lauren O'Connell. Nobody would realize that like, oh, I thought her name was Darlene. But no, that's just her superhero name. 
<laughs> so okay, so she's like starving. So that's yes. where that comes from. And then she just has a rando last like yes. other name. Her random name is Darling. It sort of rhymes with starving. I thought it was a pun on the word uh, the word like darling. Because she's I like, like a better. darling. Starv- not not Darlene, but like like a dar darling. Star- y'all. Star- yeah, star- <laughs> that would be what Gavin would refer to her as. Yeah, the starving darling. <laughs> that's much better than starving <laughs> <and> darling. <laughs> <laughs> and oh I God. said her superpower was that she could play dead to trick her foes. So similarly, oh, Leona said, "Yeah, that'd be good, darling." Okay, uh, Meg, did you have any? Uh, any? Other I just ideas? called her ba- baby girl Kelly because she's just kind of like the baby Aww. version of Kelly. Yeah. Um, and then she could maybe just like shrink down into baby size and just like go in people's pockets. Um, you know, because <laughs> babies are pocket sized. Ooh, ooh, here we go. Actually, lolly pocket. It's like Polly Pocket, but I believe isn't her her Twitter name like Lolly O'Connell or something? Oh, there we go. That oh. works. Okay, yeah, I like that. So she's like kind of like Ant Man. Um, yeah, yeah. So like she shrink because that Ant Man is like an ant. Man. Oh, you mean Bug Boy? Yes, <laughs> it's like an ant man. <laughs> He's an ant man. All I know is it's played by Paul Rudd. So tiny Paul Rudd when tiny Paul <laughs> Rudd is very tiny. Um, okay. Okay, I don't know what we decided. I still like the uh, star starving darling. Starving darling, yeah, yeah I like that. Or starving Darlene. Or <laughs> lollipop. also pretty good. Uh, okay, uh, Ron. <clears throat> oh, oh, I've got some fun ones for Ron. Okay, let us uh, have take it. it away. The two I had were ricey dicey Ron. Okay, and stylish school marm. <laughs> school marm <laughs> yes so he's disguised what? like like, a, like uh the trench bowl from matilda oh, he's getting the stylish chunky. school marm <laughs> oh because he's stylish because of his like tie and the yeah. okay yeah all right we got there we got there. i don't know what I, I i came up with that one first and i said it's not the long <laughs> jump let me come up with ricey dicey ron's backup yeah okay <laughs> Um, all right. I had, uh, I had for him the dancing maestro. Um, okay. So that mm. one maybe a little bit, uh, you know, on, on point. He could like dance people into a spell, you know, with his Ooh. like frantic, weird arm waving. Um, and then I think for his catchphrases, it would be something like he would just spout one of the 55 rules or 69 once we give him our addendum, uh, to the rules. So like, for example, you know, you pull the cord and he would say, on a field trip, enter a public building quietly. Because I think <laughs> that's like the catchphrase all superheroes need. It's yeah, very so, practical advice. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a little long. I mean, I think they might be over it by the time he gets to the second half of the sentence. But it's a good way to also sort of like cross promote yourself as well. Right. I think so, too. Um, all right. Does anybody else have any other ideas, Meg? What about you? Yeah, I, I do. Well, this isn't what my idea is. But I do think it is worth noting that in the Ron Clark story, Ron Clark does dress up as Robin Hood at a theme restaurant and is a waiter. Um, not related at all to what my idea is, but I just thought had to put that in there. I came up with the Clark Barker because they say he speaks like a dog to people. Was it mm. him who speaks like a dog to people? I thought it was War Dog. Does he also speak like a dog oh, to people? Well, yeah, I guess he could also speak. You're right. I guess he could also speak like a dog but, to people. But it I is feel War like, Dog. I feel like you're on something with Ron in Hood. Ron in Hood. He takes advantages from the rich, which would be Aurora. Yeah. Right. And yeah. D- and gives them to himself. And then Aurora back. <laughs> back to Aurora. <laughs> back I take to from the, the rich. rich and I give them back after a short portion of time. <laughs> um. So wait. So Matthew Perry dresses yes. up like 
Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. Yes, he works at a theme restaurant. I believe there may or may not be like a special relationship with the woman who plays Cleopatra. What? Um, that's it's the B story. It's the B story, though. This is while he's teaching. Yeah, well, it's like, yeah, it's like while before? he gets there. I haven't seen the movie in a long time, so this could be a completely different movie, but I'm pretty sure it's the Ron Clark story. Yeah, I know. I prefer this version of the Ron Clark story instead of like, oh, this educator's journey to help underprivileged kids. It's like, no, 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 no. Robin gets with Cleopatra at the theme <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> Much better story. Yeah, I'm, I'm in for more of the drama going on. This is like a Bravo show about a theme restaurant. I know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should watch that movie. Um, uh, okay, all right. So the whatever we came up with, Ron, not whatever Mike's second one was, but you know, <laughs> Look at Ron, stylish, stylish school marm. Just you wait, being <laughs> the most popular Halloween costume. That just sounds like one of the superheroes that you buy from the knockoff from the dollar store. <laughs> yeah, I got the fourth Adidas stripe, and you're right. dividing it out. Yeah, like let me let me like Google the synonyms for whatever the real superhero's name was, and then that's what they came up with. Okay, let's move to Victoria. So uh, I had for Victoria the mischievous firecracker. Now, Mm. if she is actually a firecracker, because that was the first thing that popped into my head is that she would be like a firecracker with arms. But I don't (laughs) with it comes with a notable hat. uh, That was like the first thing that popped into my head. But obviously, I don't know if that's feasible. Um, But uh, but yeah, her she would like her. Her whole thing is that she can stay under the radar and be invisible. But then like all of a sudden she can like explode people <laughs> kaboom yeah exactly then maybe that could be your catchphrase um but uh okay so what do you guys think yes yay nay probably um, nay. i i had redheaded star child mm. so it's like a sort of like david bowie type of avant-garde it's very new york and i said that she would fly by inflating her beanie and sort of like floating along like balloon boy Yes, exactly. Yes, like the Marvel superhero (laughs) balloon boy. They're all a bunch of boys. Ripped right from the headlines. Oh my god. Sorry. I'm just okay. So I'm just picturing those like re- really elaborate, like climactic battle scenes at the end of all of those movies. And then, like, in the background, it's just, it's just floating in the back. Yeah, just like floating up backwards, like not really doing anything. Hey guys, my dad told me yeah. to get in this balloon. Bye. Maybe like chucking some rocks out. I don't know. What's your superpower? I can't get down. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Megan. Do you have anything to add? I I just want, and, and this is so I don't know, like what it says about us that uh, it's a lot of hat based things because like we're just going off of her Spinelli realness. Um, I just did the Mad Hatter, which just seems like it was purely swiping from Lewis Carroll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then like the Jabberwocky is her sidekick or something. Like you know that one could be very themed. If we have the is, is, is that like a before. giant walk that keeps talking? Like a like a cooking walk? Yes. <laughs> because it's jabbering. Yes. Exactly. It's yeah, like yeah. Her no, that makes sense because she was the one who was cleaning out the uh, the pot with the rice. So it's got She's like jabbering rice the walk. It. Yeah, that's the new. <laughs> Except when my mom calls, be like, hey, Liana, what's up? Instead of cleaning the dishes, I'm jabbering the walk. So. Just putting, I'm jabbering my walk because we put a lot of olive oil and stevia in it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not as smooth as you would think. Cake to the side. Yeah. 
Ooh, okay. Well, so Victoria definitely has something to do with the hat. Uh, so for sure. Um, okay. Megan, the war dog. We got to talk about oh, him. Yes. What do you have for him? I, uh, part of me just feels like, can you rebrand war dog yeah. into a better name than war dog? So I had one. I thought, okay, let's say that war dog is his natural identity and let's go with the complete opposite. So uh, war dog superhero is number cruncher. But it's more about his look, which is he wears a giant afro, he has big goofy glasses, and he wears like a Riddler-like suit with numbers all over it. Basically, I want to look at the exact opposite of War Dog, so people don't realize it's actually War Dog. Mm. Okay. Or his name could be Dan De Silva, or whatever his actual name is. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Just good old Danny boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, up at the sky, it's Superman, Batman, and Daniel De Silva. <laughs> boy. Because <laughs> you have boy. to add that to the end. Yeah, I was like the, the War Dog, because <laughs> also he like refers to himself in the third person so um yeah i don't know yeah i i honestly i was thinking the same way as, as meg was like uh the war dog obviously yeah, like, like i put down wolf master but yeah. that's not any better than war dog <laughs> like wolf master like beast master but like the dollar store version, the wolf yeah, right, you can see the costume right next to stylish school marm yeah, in the halloween store stylish school marm <laughs> so what would what would the the, the war dog or wolfmaster's catchphrase be? Mumbled nonsense is what I've written down, and that was inspired by my mother. Or uh, like, or like, a, go to the jury or something. It's, it's both in the law perspective and the actual survivor perspective. Yeah, or like you know, because he, I think so. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm confused. But I thought he was the one who was talking to Gavin like a dog. So I believe he, he was. Is, yeah. He was. Yes. 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 Okay. So yeah, talks at people like dogs. But again, I'm. I don't know. Like I know how I talk to like my dogs, and it'd be like, oh. Oh, okay. Like it's very baby voice kind of. Um so it's I, very baby voice, but like I also like uh I I want you to answer me. Like I am very like uh I am desperate for you to give me an answer right now when I talk to my dog. Like I know like right. if my dog could just try a little harder, she could get there. <laughs> right. How do you talk to the how do you talk to the claminator, Liana? Is it any different? Uh let's see. So Clam doesn't really talk to me. She's like pretty quiet, but Pearl, oh my god, especially because so my mom's like so of allergic to cats so we had to keep the cats out of the, my bedroom because my mom was staying with me and so pearl would just sit outside my bedroom and just meow all night and so i would just yell at her so it'd be like what do you want what can i help you so maybe that's like a little bit more along the lines or i just meow back at her in a very angry tone um so i don't know if war dogs like literally barking at people um I'm well, not sure. i mean maybe maybe he could be like aquaman could communicate with marine life maybe he's sort of like the pet whisperer and he can talk to any sort of animal to help him or i guess in this point turn against him uh, maybe that's why he has probably trouble talking to humans you know because he hasn't uh he mastered i'm, I'm the... sorry I was, I was speaking to you like a horse let me talk <laughs> maybe to you like there's a like there's like a challenge going on and he just like whistles and all these dogs come and jump on the other contestants so he has more time to finish Oh, okay, yeah, like a, a a Disney princess style, where like he, you know, he stands there and the birds like land on his arms, and then he like sends them off to go attack people. That <laughs> happened in Disney movies, right? You know, the the that's the climax of you know Rapunzel and Sleeping Beauty. Right. The early fifties were weird. You know, we don't know exactly what's happening in some of the offshoot Disney movies. Exactly. Balloon Boy was floating in the background. <laughs> Definitely. Hey guys, happened. still up here. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Or something about the fact that he t- talks to himself in the third person. Like, I think that that needs to be noted somehow. I don't know. Mm, like, I like the tense master because he's weird with tenses and he also makes things tense. Mm, the, t- mm. the tense master. Yeah. Um, Past yeah. tense, present tense, and future tense. <laughs> All the tenses. All of the tenses. Your your present's about to become the past. (laughs) All right. Well, so let's finish up with the last of the uh, remaining, regular remaining contestants. I don't know what to call them. Um, Let's talk about Aurora. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Disney Princess. Yes, exactly. Aurora. Um, Okay. So uh, so here's what I had. So I had that she was the fighting lion, mainly because I wanted her catchphrase to be Aurora. Uh. <laughs> very pokemon like her to say her own name is her catchphrase exactly also i really feel like you're just swiping things from the mask center singer and your uh mask synergies um and, oh, that's a, that's a, i mean i would not be surprised <laughs> if fox put out that show considering like, the they brought back center. temptation island paradise hotels coming back yeah true true crime things are very popular they're all people who have been like convicted of crimes and people have to pick uh you know who they are mm-hmm. yeah uh yes i'm very obsessed still with the mask singer so um, I okay. came up with Alimony Aurora uh, and her superpower. She's able to swim through mountains of paperwork without taking a breath. Like it's still her name, though. <laughs> it's still Aurora. Yeah, listen, I did not go with the starving Darlene route of giving her a completely different name. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so I had um, so they had called she had called herself a drama queen hmm. uh, this uh, episode. So I went with the legal regal riceroni. <laughs> So it's with you up until the rice part. Right. Does uh, she have a sponsorship with them? Is she like NASCAR where she has to brand herself as rice Well, she had some strong feelings about the rice and legal regal rice didn't sound well, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if that sounds better or worse than legal regal rice <laughs> Wanted to give it some flourish at the end. Just like a a flavor of it. Mm, Yes, this is our new flavor. Mm, Salty. Yeah, the legal regal riceroni. I like that. I like that one. It's like, it's ridiculous, but, uh, but yeah, does she, she, uh, where, isn't riceroni the San Francisco treat? Is she from San Francisco? She's from Florida. Oh, okay. Close enough. (laughs) Yeah, clearly on it. It's all on the West Coast. So I guess, I would say, is her, is her arch nemesis the, the soccer mom? Oh, yeah, of course. It has to be. Although, didn't she have uh, she had the T-shirt that was like, I love soccer mom. So she's like trying to make up for it or whatever. But that's her disguise. Yeah, we all we all know. We see you. The legal regal rice aroni rolls <laughs> off the tongue. Man, <laughs> look in the sky. It's the legal. <laughs> regal. Wait, what's the rest of it? What? It's, uh, I can't remember who she is. It's yes. a tongue twister. War dog be damned. I don't yeah. think anyone can say her name properly. It's going to say say that three times. Maybe, maybe that's why nobody has seen a lot of her is because they just can't say her name. Legal Regal Riceroni. <laughs> I, I had a couple of, uh, I don't know if you guys did them for some of the other players that are on next station. I had, I had a couple for uh, Aubrey and Kelly. Okay, yeah, let's hear Go it. for it. Uh, so Aubrey, I had either the hummingbird or some sort of like pharaoh-like creature called Metaphor. <laughs> 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 okay, so describe, what would that character look like? Break it down. Yeah. So, well, she would look like Cleopatra, and hopefully Ron and Hood Mm. would not fall in love with her. Uh, But I guess she would have the power to, I don't know, uh, send like internet lovers after she can use uh, vibrant expressions to blind her opponents. But I feel like, I feel like I wanted to include metaphors in there. I decided to sort of uh, make it a bit exotic. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I think that that could work. Um, I don't have any. I, so I didn't. I, I was lazy and didn't come up with any ideas. Um, you were you were busy entertaining your cat allergic mother. So oh I did my not goodness! Blame you. Yeah, it was a disaster. So she also doesn't. So just a few other mom thoughts. Uh, she hates Jeff Probst talking during the challenges. She like really hates it. And I was like, oh, mom, you're just like the casuals. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. She and she was rooting for Aurora and Julie. Those are her two favorites. Anyway, hmm. and, and the only one, other one I had was for Kelly Wendler. She is a uh, coven cat, oh. colon, the woman with nine lives. Oh, that's good. That's a nice one. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm, I'm, I'm like one for like 10 with these names. That's all that counts to me. Well, I think and then she could, you know, like go out. Like, I mean, I think it has to idol finding has to be somehow her superpower so she can, you know, like dig up idols and, mm-hmm. you know, like catch up, catch them. Catch a mall, catch idols. Catch a meow. Catch a meow. <laughs> that's her catchphrase. Catch a meow. <laughs> yeah, and that's what happens when she finds one. She like pounces on it. Why do all these feel like mar- like they were concocted by marble mouth people? <laughs> like catch a meow, <laughs> regal legal rizeroni. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have war dog itis. It's a. Uh, an affliction 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 blah, blah, blah. okay apparently yeah. i've lost the ability to uh speak properly so aurora my goodness the wow. uh the only other one i had was i had like well, two more i had farim i had the dude driller because she's always saying screw you dude that sounds extremely dirty <laughs> yes <laughs> dude driller absolutely sounds like something that would be available on a cha- certain channel at like three in the morning on a saturday and the tagline is just screw you dude yeah. <laughs> yep, again that's the tagline of that film and then i give one to chris and it's just the richard there you go. Yeah. Okay. So with uh, those ideas, we're going to play a new game that I've just come up with. It's superhero name or porn. And <laughs> we're going to try to guess which is which. Uh, okay. So the Red Rocket. Oh, superhero God. name. Because <laughs> that's really my alternative idea for the war dog. If anyone ooh, wanted to know. Ooh, why? Why? Where did oh that gosh. come from? I don't know. My brain is messed up. Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't think any of these are going to catch on. Although, maybe uh, we put the idea out there, let it germinate, and maybe we'll get something to grow. I really hope, you know, we have a bunch of creative listeners out there, as is seen every week on the B&B. I hope someone with stylistic skills is able to create some sort of mock-up of these superheroes. Or at least, please, give us a stylish school, Marm. That's all (laughs) I need, really. (laughs) Yeah. Is uh, is the stylish school mom wearing like the trunchbull like shorts mm-hmm. and the knee socks <laughs> yes. also and the little like uh, tie thing? Yep, absolutely. <sighs> okay. Yeah. That's what I pick that's what I picture in my head. So I think that that makes sense for the the superhero character. Before we move on to more fun and games, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we are back, so let's keep on keeping on. Speaking of Ron Clark, so here's a question that I wanted to bring up. So Ron sort of had that fun little musing bit where he went back and forth with our legal regal rice aroni <laughs> Aurora. And he said something along the lines of, you know, usually the prize is a million dollars. You got to give me two million dollars for living out here with Aurora for 39 days. It made me think about what, there, what if there's a new way we can approach the pay structure for Survivor, where at the beginning of the season... They're given a list of, okay, if you win the game, you can win a million dollars. But here's a checklist. If you're able to accomplish certain things on this checklist, you win money that goes towards the pot at the end if you win. So in theory, if the item on the list was survive 39 days with Aurora, you could get an additional $1 million added onto it. What do you guys think of this idea? Does it get added to the pot for everyone to win, or does it only get added to your total? Winnings? I feel like I don't know which one is better, but I feel like I like it being added to the total. Just I don't know if it's in general or for you because it's sort of like it's it's in the vein of like the America's Player Team America mm-hmm. stuff, where in some facets you're sort of sticking your neck out and taking a risk in the uh, in honor of adding money to what you could possibly win at the end. It's like the survivor scavenger hunt or the, you know, survivor bachelorette party tasks of uh, the season. Yeah, I'm very here for this, but that's because I love goofy, silly things like this, just because I am envisioning it sort of similar to like America's uh, team America or whatever. Um, I'm trying to think of the things that would be because I don't think I think survive with. Aurora is something that could happen, but I think it would it, like something more creative. Like, what was the thing that Eric Stein had to do where he'd like sleep at someone's feet or something like that? I mm-hmm. like, and there, there was stuff like Dan Geesling had to like give an uncomfortable hug to somebody for 30 seconds without breaking. Uh, there was Eric trying to spread his catchphrase. There was uh, telling a sad story. There was like uh, trying to come off the fact that you have like the stuffed animal that you love and everyone needs to get invested in it. Like, I wonder if it does, it's those types of camp things and not necessarily like find an idol, you know? So we right. know that they now are, you know, flexing the muscle of putting things in the lower third next to the characters, like half an idol, half of an advantage, half a sandwich. Um, what if they had on there like Gavin? trying to get War Dog to get on his hands and knees and actually bark like a dog. And that's how you know what their task is for the season. Right. Like they each get a task that they're supposed to be working on. And so then we get to a reminder of what that task is. Yeah. Or you could just do it for like the edge of extinction, too, if you don't want to do it sort of in the main game. So then it gives the people out on the edge of extinction something to do that's not just a treasure hunt. And so then they're having to kind of like interact with each other and get each other to do things. And then maybe they get Get some advantage that helps them in the challenge or something like that. Like it's not necessarily tied to the pot, but uh but that could be a way to sort of like spice up the edge. Oh, I wonder if that's why Aubrey's running around hugging everybody. Is that her that's, secret task? That's her task, yes. Could she, be. Mm-hmm. Um and David writes is to do a magic trick and disappear. So he's clearly <laughs> yes, uh, to, David, your oh! task is to not pre- try to make people not even think that you're there. Oh like, my gosh, Julia and Eric are doing so good then. 
You could always tell a Milford man. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> that's what they're going for. Okay, I, I, I'm here for this idea. I don't know exactly what all the tasks would be. Um, but I was thinking definitely more along the lines of like, you know, the the interaction, the bark like a dog kind of things. Yeah, I think that or like, I don't know, cause an argument at tribal council or like even something like cast a, a hinky vote and try to get away with it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there could be some fun things involved there. I know people have been saying for years, why is the prize still a million dollars? I think this is a way to bolster that while providing entertainment at the same time. Yeah, I worry for the poor characters that get edited out to make room for the uh, Gavin tries to get War Dog to bark like a dog um, <laughs> segment that we're going to need to get. But uh, I would think that something like that would be entertaining. All right, let's move on here. Now, as spoken about before, Reem brought out her reaminess when Kelly came. This was something she spoke about later, like, hey, when you come out to the edge of extinction, you can't let your feelings get bottled up because they explode, sort of like what happened to me 27 days after the fact. And maybe they'll explode more. Maybe there'll be an aftershock once War Dog actually touches down in that time. <laughs> her grace period elapses. So I have this game from the great John Tinkham, who suggested oh. this to us, called Who is Reem Reaming? And here's how it works. Uh, we're going to go back and forth on this one. We are going to hear a clip of Reem reaming out a contestant from Survivor Seasons Past. <gasps> and it is up to you two to guess who it is. Now, here's how it's going to work. So I'm going to play the clip. You, if you want to guess just outright without any hints and you get it right, that is two points. You can get a hint. I can give you the season that this person is from, but if you get it right, it'll only get one point for you. We're going a little bit with twist rules here. If Been you there. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you get it wrong, the other person will get a chance to guess as well and possibly steal the point from you. Ooh, okay. I was not listening to any of those rules because I zoned out because that was just a sort of thing that happens on Twitch, so I started doing it here, but I am ready to play. <laughs> I, f- I physically just stretched my arms like I felt like I was getting ready to go like run or like uh, I need to fl- the stretch for this. <laughs> All right. Well, then, Megan, let's start with you since Liana needs to get stretched, I guess, both I, mentally. I'm and apparently physically. limbered up. <laughs> All right. So here we go. So, again, I'm going to play the clip here. Okay. You're going to you get you can ch- guess outright for a chance at two points or you can ask for the season the person's on for a one point. And Liana, you'll have the chance to steal if Megan gets it wrong. Got so, it. here we go. Dude, just because you suddenly love all of us doesn't mean I'm not writing your name down on that parchment tonight. Nobody cares about your lame epiphany, and I'm using a freaking stingray tail as my pen. When we vote your ass out of here, your skateboard is going in the fire. Uh, okay. okay. So, yeah, talk, talk to me. Talk to me through what your so, thoughts here. All right. So my thoughts are: I hear skateboard. I think Rob Zabatnik. So while nothing else clued me in, I just gotta go with Zabatnik. Yeah, the end. Gotcha. That is correct. Rob Zabatnik from Survivor Thailand. Rob with two Bs. So yeah, I'll explain a bit about what the uh, the other clues are and. Th- 
kudos again to John. He wrote up a lot of this stuff. I did some tinkering here and there. And of course, the great Rob Sesterimo uh, recorded these in these the ream tone because he couldn't do it. I was not prepared for, for who was going to give the voice yeah. there. I was like, how are, I was like, what clip am I listening to? And I was like, oh, OK, here we go. I see that the boss man's got it going on. So, yeah. So the just because you suddenly love us all doesn't mean I'm not writing your name on the parchment tonight. Nobody cares about your lame epiphany. So in his boot episode, I don't know if you guys remember fondly Survivor Thailand, but Rob sort of had this like the day before he was voted out. He's like on the reward. He's like, I just realized I really love you guys. You know, you're all my family now. And then he got voted out. Uh, using the stingray tail as her pen refers to the one he got stung by the stingray on his foot when he was uh, body surfing. And of course, his trademark skateboard, one of the most uh, the cockamamie, most cockamamie luxury items back in the day that I've ever heard of. So congratulations, Megan. You were able to disseminate the survivor history to get it right. Arriba! All right. Well, let's move on to Liana. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Here we go, Liana. Let's hear from our second reaming of the past dude <laughs> if you don't even want to be here quit wasting my time and get the hell out of here all i hear your friends talk about one more time is that they have the younger and cuter bodies i swear to god i know you have all the guys here full but i don't see anything badass about your lame ski hat dude <laughs> All right, Liana. Oh my god. Um. Okay. Uh, talk, talk, talk. Just talk out loud. What's what's going through your head right now? Um. Okay. So I, uh, it's someone with a ski hat, maybe. Um. Oh my goodness. You I, can ask for the clip one more time. If you okay. Yeah. I, can I? Okay. Yes, please. Dude, if you don't even want to be here. Quit wasting my time and get the hell out of here. All I hear your friends talk about one more time is that they have the younger and cuter bodies. I swear to God. I know you have all the guys here full, but I don't see anything badass about your lame ski hat, dude. Uh, sorry, I'm having a really hard time. I'm like, okay, so this is Reem talking about someone else. I'm trying to put all the persons like, mm-hmm. okay, wait, so what? I can get a hint, right? Because I'm gonna yeah, need so you can, it. You can like ask for the season for for. A I think I might point. know this. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, I'll take the hint because then Meg can't steal it, right? Uh, she can if you get it wrong. Ah, damn it! All right, well, I can <laughs> give me the hint anyway. The Amazon. Uh, okay. Sorry. Uh, if you'd like me to read the actual clue without Reem's voice, I can also do no, that. No, I'll just guess. Okay, I'm just going to say Heidi. That is incorrect. Megan, for a chance at the steal in the one point, what are you thinking? I think that there's a reference in there that Dave made about Shauna's ski hat bangerang. So I got to go with Shauna. That is correct. Shauna from the Amazon is who Reem was reaming. Uh, if you don't want to even be here, quit wasting my time refers to Shauna for a while wanting to quit the game. Oh, yeah. All of her friends oh talking God. about how they have the younger and cuter bodies was a reference to Heidi and Jenna talking about, you know, them and Shauna bathing each other with the, the Garnier products that they won. Similar then, to as, War Dog today. Yes, exactly. That's heaven 
for certain people out there. And of course, as you mentioned, uh, nothing badass about your lame ski hat refers to the fact that Dave referred to Shauna as a badass and she was known for her ski hat. So congratulations. Uh, Seasons five and six are all your wheelhouse right now. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah. So that's why I was like, okay, the bathing thing. That's what I remember from Shauna, Jenny, uh, uh, Jenna and uh, and Heidi. I was like, I have no idea. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. All right. Going back to you, Megan, for clip number three. Okay. Dude, get out of the damn mud, man. The howler monkeys and bugs are driving us all crazy. Get over it. All you do is sit here repeating the same words day after day, wishing for another freaking beer. You need to take some Ritalin, bro. King Kong my ass. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) What? All right, we, we gotta we gotta uh, step back and and uh, howler monkey is repeating the same words. Yeah, let's hit that one again. Let's. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, you got it, dude. Get out of the damn mud, man. The howler monkeys and bugs are driving us all crazy. Get over it. All you do is sit here repeating the same words day after day, wishing for another freaking beer. You need to take some Ritalin, bro. King Kong my ass. Oh, I I, I'm struggling here because here's here's where here's where I'm thinking, which is what's pulling me in so many different directions. I hear Howler Monkey, which makes me think of Shirin because he she uh, um, had that scene with the Howler Monkeys. Mm -hmm. I hear beer and I think of a lot of different people (laughs) who likes to drink beer on Survivor. I hear mud and there's been a bunch of mud competitions along the way. So. I hear Ritalin and I don't think anything, which is not helping. I, I'm just going to go with Kelly Wigglesworth. That is incorrect. I'll slip it over to Liana. Liana, do you have any thoughts? Is it Judd from Guatemala? Yes, it is. Oh! Judd Sargent. Oh, my God. That's like, OK, yes. All right. Oh, my goodness. You can go through it. Yeah, so the clues, uh, get out of the damn mud, man, referred to what Brandon Belliger said was a premature evacuation when during the uh, the, the 11 mile hike, he jumped out of the boat and like was struggling in the mud. Howler monkeys and bugs are driving us all crazy. That's when he was complaining about the monkeys that kept waking him up, uh, repeating the same words day after day, wishing for another beer. We know how much he loves beer and the fact that he kept saying damn and man. You need to take some Ritalin refers to when Margaret apparently said on the first day he had ADD. And of course, King Kong, my ass was, I think he, I believe he referred to himself as King Kong at one point. Oh, yeah, I got like, so I, it was the Ritalin one and that made me think of the ADD and then I was like, oh, the beer. And then I'm pretty sure Guatemala had howler monkeys, but the, uh, this is an interesting game. This is hard. I I love this. (laughs) All right. Let's go back to you, Liana. Let's see if you can uh, keep the streak alive here. Okay. Dude, you think you're pissed? If I had gotten to the camp first and I had found the idol and had a fire started before anyone else got there, I can tell you how many paces this whole freaking island is. I've been here so long. The edge of extinction doesn't give out any advantages for being the first person there, bro. 
crap. I can like see this too. Oh shit. Okay. Okay, wait. Can you just Okay, I'm going to take the hint. What season was it? This is Survivor Token Cheats. Oh crap. Well, what was her name? Uh, I'm not going to remember without googling it. Crap. Ah, is there like a pass? No one gets the question just in case. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to salt the earth here on this question. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, my goodness. Where is the legal eagle rice aroni when you need her? How would, would she help? Do? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I was just thinking of a superhero that could maybe help me in this situation. Balloon boy, is that you? Yeah, right. Exactly. Where is balloon boy when I need him? Ah, uh, fuck. I can't. Oh, I mean, oh no. <laughs> I'm completely blanking. I, I have no idea. All right. I'll pass over to you, Megan. Do you know who it might be? Sandy. That is uh, correct. Miss Sandy Bergen from Survivor Token Chains. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it was in reference to the fact that she was voted, you know, uh, the weakest member yeah. of her tribe at the first get-go, but had the advantage of looking for the idol and building a fire, talking about, uh, I can tell you how many paces the whole freaking island is, because Sandy did not know what a pace was. So, yeah, a lot of references to Sandy's limited but exciting time in, to- in the Brazilian Highlands. Oh, man. I couldn't remember. I was like, okay. I was like, uh, who were the early boots? <laughs> like, Candace was there, but it's not her. Uh, crap. All right. Let's go back to Megan here and see if you can continue your streak from your steal. Here we go. Okay. Dude, if I have to hear one more time about your knees, I'm going to lose it. You think with all the laying around you do, you might have a little energy for the challenges and thanks for making me miss my kids by kissing your damn son so much so help me god if you spoil gulliver's travels for me i'm gonna vote you out tonight okay so it's not gonna help because i know it's from Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Gulliver's Travels <laughs> got it. But 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 who who is getting yelled at? Knees. Oh well, well I mean then knees, Gulliver's Travel. It's uh the Dan Lembo? That is correct. Mr. Mandatory himself, Dan Lembo. Oh goodness. So yeah, so hear about your knees one more time. He uh was complaining about his knees. Laying around, he does. He did that a lot. There was that fun uh thing in the funny one fifteen of like a sloth being compared right next to him. Uh, thanks so much for missing me, my, missing my, making me miss my damn kids by kissing your damn son so much. Refers to when his son visited, and he just like this is the most excited anyone had seen him that season. He was kissing his son all over, and of course, well, I was thinking like kissing the sunshine, and I was like, who is he talking about? What's happening? <laughs> kissing the sunshine? That's like I thought it was talking about somebody who like sunbathed a lot, and I was like, oh, maybe like kissing the sun is like a well, term of people. It's I mean, it's still snowing <laughs> where I live, so I wasn't sure if it was a term that people that get sun got to you know talk about. Well, he he also was pretty leathery by the end of it, much like his alligator <laughs> shoes. Mm-hmm. And of course, as you mentioned, uh, don't spoil Gulliver's Travels for me. There is that fantastic shot of him in that giant chair as he sat out the reward challenge to watch Gulliver's, Gulliver's Travels. Mm-hmm. What do you think Dan Lembo's superhero name is? Is this Mandatory Man? I don't know. That's probably good. Mandatory? Yeah, Man. Mandatory Boy? Something like that. 
<laughs> They're all just boys in Liana's eyes. Yep, 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 yep. All right, Liana, I don't think you can catch up, but for posterity's sake, and because Rob Cesarimo put in such great time and effort for this, let's hear the last one and see if you can end on a high note. All right. Dude, I'm like, which hair metal band did you even come from? Drink some water, bro. We're all hot out here, but only one of us passed out. And just because you hung out with a bunch of millennials for a day doesn't mean that you're some freaking dad to them. You know what? I'm going to send a drone to deliver you a note. We're voting your ass out of here. Okay. Bro. Had <laughs> <laughs> to get one more in there. Oh my goodness. Um okay. So this is obviously from Millennials Gen X. Um I imagine didn't um I think it's uh oh my god, what was his last name? Uh Paul Paul Walker Walker? Is that his last name? That yeah. is co- that okay. is correct. You, you're okay. the regal legal Ricerone. You have his full legal name. Paul Wachter yeah. is uh, the person that Reem was reaming out. Okay, yeah the uh, the drone with the milk. <laughs> it's like, what do I remember about Paul? Like, didn't he go to the summit also? So that was like him hanging out with one day with the millennials or something. Exactly. Yeah. So, which hair metal band do you come from? He sings in a band, uh, which they talk about on the show, and he talks about copiously in his preseason stuff. Drink some water. We're all out here, but only one of us fainted. If mm. we remember, he's the one that passed out due to heat exhaustion. Uh, and you mentioned before, hung out with a bunch of millennials. He was one of the people that went to that very strange Survivor Summit and the milk drone. So yes, you were able to end on that high note. Paul Walker is the correct answer, but by a score of six to four, congratulations, Megan Z. You are the winner of Who Is Reem Reeming. Yay! Oh, thank you. What a what a big moment in my life. Um, because I love this this uh, this superhero thing so much. What do you think is Rob's superhero name? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, uh, obviously he wears plaid. I'm sure. Would be a, it could be a pod bod. Pod oh. bod. Uh, Robster the Lobster, I like also. <laughs> pod bod, though, that could be like the new Beach Body on Demand, right? Like it's a podcast workout series where everything is audio only. Well, no, what you could do is because you know how say they sometimes do workouts for like TV shows like Game of Thrones. When you see the Night King do 10 pushups, you know, like they could do something with a podcast and that could sort of be the pod bod workout. We need to get in on the ground floor of this. Yes. So it could be whenever you hear, you know, what are some like RHAP inside jokes that might be said a lot. So, you know, coming to you live, obviously probably gets a thing. Um, I would say Reem impressions. Get get down and do those burpees. Yes. Until until he stops doing them. Yeah, burpees until he's done. Man, if you if that is a rule and you were just listening to this podcast, then you'll have abs, pecs, other muscles I don't know what to list. Trapezoids, yes. <laughs> uh what was it, the the Rob Lobster? Robster, oh, I lobster. Just said lobster, the lobster, because I like the rhyme. That of could it. be his sidekick. <laughs> yeah, just, just a little, just a bunch of little lobster. Yeah, it like comes at people's toes. Or his sidekicks are all the patrons. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. More toxic than that, perhaps. Well, congratulations, Megan. Though I will say, congratulations to Rob. Thank mm, you so yes. much, and John for helping provide me with this game. I had so much fun at getting to write and record this, and beautiful. it just shows that I think. Rob needs to, uh, Rob Ream needs to get into a time machine and go back into previous Survivor seasons just to ream out some of these contestants for the decisions they're making. It would make seasons more entertaining for sure. I'd be here for it. 
Okay, well, let's uh, let's switch gears and let's talk about uh, the Ron Clark rule for the week. So as we have discussed every episode, we are adding to the Ron Clark Essential 55 rules, uh, which is, you know, just to help every child succeed you know, in life or on Survivor. So I will quickly run through the rules that we have. We are building up quite a list and then we will add our own rule uh, from this week. Rule number 66. So here's what we got so far. Ream Daily, which, you know, Rob the Robster Lobster Pod Pod Pod. is uh, doing very well. Phenom. Exactly. Uh, Speak softly. Carry a big snake. Don't be stupid, stupid. Watch your back. Always go through someone's bag 20 minutes ago. Have Joey amazing on your tribe. All's fair and love and war dog. Dress for the blind side you want, just like the stylish school marm. (laughs) Don't be a puppet master. If you're going to jump ship, give them your wallet. Be the good cop. It's criminally underrated, which, by the way, he gave back the rules. So I think like we'll see how it works out for him. But like very good cop, I think. Yeah, though, it seems like next week he's going to the bad cop side of things by finally cashing in on Chekhov's, uh, you know, invalidated advantage. Oh, my God. Freaking finally. Like, at least it pays woo, woo, off woo, woo. that we learn something about, like, why it was mentioned in the first place. Ugh. Well, I mean, I I think this is still quicker payoff than Chrissy's invalidated day one idol mm. that got used in the very finale. So that, I think, had much of a longer wait period than this. But to your point, yeah, it, it's finally coming into fruition, it seems. Exactly. Will Rick's thing say one fake advantage? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. That's Because I'm bottom. sure that's actually what people need help with, though. Is, is it real? Is it fake? Like... I think that's probably what the the cash fans need more help with. Yeah, can you imagine? So, like Dominic from Ghost Island, it would have been like oh, one God. real idol, one fake idol. But Chris thinks it's real. Like yeah, they, they had they had to put in like in super wide screen just to get everything into the lower third. Yeah, uh, and then of course his task for that season was like try to cuddle with Wendell. You know, so that's part <laughs> yeah. of that. See, so, yeah, start a start a bromance with somebody, and exactly. he just took it way too far. He fell for the mark. Exactly. Yeah, and it's so great that Chris was able to do all that rapping because he had to make money based on that that's why he did it <laughs> yeah for every stands every basketball player you reference we had 500 dollars to your stipend yes that's perfect um okay so let's uh let's go back to the ron clark rule so i actually had some suggestions from dj labelle klein uh who messaged oh, nice. me so here's a few that he suggested if you treat someone like a dog you might get bit uh, mm. it's never too late to get reamed <laughs> um, and the the one other one that I liked was the more you say your catchphrase the better your chances of winning immunity and then in parentheses he said pretty sure Rick said oh yeah at least three times <laughs> I, I, I really like that first one yeah that if you treat someone like a dog you might get bit yeah yeah that's a fun one Yeah, that was my favorite one too I think you know it's catchy it also fits tr- you know treating someone like a dog don't talk to Gavin because you might get it's one of the very rare Ron Clark rules we came up with that actually is applicable in real life right yeah exactly Um, how dare you though to have Joey amazing on your tribe I apply every single day of my life (laughs) and to do something 20 minutes ago there's so many times where I'm like yep that would have (laughs) worked oh yep gotta go do that 20 minutes ago (laughs) also makes sense uh and reaming daily but that one i mean that's just universal. i was gonna say we, we, had, we had that's the other thing we had the ream peat uh with the ream rule here so i just think it harkens back to the very first one we came up with mm-hmm. yeah but i i think if you treat someone like a dog you might get bit i think we can lock that one down i like that one yeah it's sort of like it's a take on like if you mess with the bull you get the horns except it's, ex- it's exactly the opposite if you like treat someone you're gonna get them coming back at you right yes 
Okay, perfect. Let's add it to the list. If you treat someone like a dog, you might get bit. And that's called the Clark Barker. See, it all comes it's around. Full wow. Circle. Did you go back 20 minutes and have yeah, the name in? I did. <laughs> she actually, yeah, exactly. She, uh, rule number 59. It didn't make sense then, but it makes sense now. See? Yeah, you put it. You put in the like the Clark Barker parentheses. Like, don't worry. Two segments from now, it'll all make sense. It'll you'll you'll sound super sense. smart. Exactly. A genius. Well, let's move on here to the final segment of each and every week here on the RHAP BNB, the question of the week. Last week's question of the week, in honor of perhaps he's still out on the island, David Wright, name a survivor and their brand. As per usual, we'll read some comments from the audience out there and then go around the horn here and give our own thoughts. First can from- we can we play this like password? Because the way I feel like how this should work is like you say one word and we should be able to guess who it is. Okay. All right. This 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 will work. Okay. <laughs> or it'll be a disaster. One or the other. Well, maybe, I mean, that's really like the the two sides of the coin we have here on the B and B, and that's the only coin that we have. Sorry, no change is accepted here. Uh, no, yeah, no Joe Buck seashells slash berries <laughs> accepted here. All right. So I'll read one word, and you're gonna name me the survivor contestant that you think this person based their brand off of. So I'll start with this one from Elizabeth. Tears. Tears? Tears. <laughs> Tears. <laughs> Tears. Yep, if you say the word a lot, I think we'll eventually yeah, come is to that you. helping? Um, okay, so it's somebody who cries a lot. Um, can we get a hint? Uh, can, we, can we get the season for yeah. one point split between Liana and I for right. a half point? <laughs> David versus Goliath. Gabby. That's correct. You each okay. get half a point. Hooray! Yay! <laughs> yes, Elizabeth said, I got. I gotta say, Gabby's brand is tears. Hashtag love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's an out of love. Uh, Alright, so Parker has a few, so let's see if we can do these. Piracy. Rupert? Yeah. That is correct. Uh, though I guess it might be Elephant after this week on The Amazing Race. Pi pi. Piracy. Piracy. Pi piracy. Let's see. Oh, I love you too much, pirates. Uh, all right. L- lunacy. Let, uh, hint. The Amazon. Oh, great. My, fa- <laughs> my favorite. Um, lunacy. Is this like a play on words, like a moon kind of thing? Courtney no. Moon, not from the Amazon. <laughs> Courtney Moon was not in the Amazon. She played, I think, nine years after the fact. <laughs> That's close enough. Or no, is it just like a crazy thing? Mm-hmm. Like, like Matthew? That's correct. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's Finally, like from- But it needs to be like a sharpening... His brand is like sharp machetes or something. But he still has other lunacy, like, you know, when he right. ate the bug in one swallow... Uh, when his moms admonished his table manners or for being too prim and proper. Ugh, I love that. Uh, and finally, from Parker, idiocracy. Oh, that could be anyone. It's <laughs> a wide net here, Parker. I don't think he anticipated we'd be playing this game. Let's start at the beginning. Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Sean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're gonna go one I will say, uh, I'll say Ghost Island. <laughs> also helps narrow it down. Chris Noble. That's correct. Hey, I guess is he, is he going with like the um, the Terry Crews character, the president who is like super jacked? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we were putting words in Parker's mouth here. Uh, so yeah, he gave a few. Let's move oh, on no, to John. John, this isn't a, this isn't a word, but a set of words. But maybe this okay. will help. 
Beer, beer, and more beer and Godfather movies. Carl. Yeah, that's right. With an addendum of Judd. (laughs) And then, uh, uh, yeah, there's an addendum of a bunch of people. Right. Uh, Let's move on to Leslie Hibbard. A clean hat. Oh, well, is it a notable clean hat or is it just a clean hat? It's a noticeable clean hat. Uh, Is that Lauren Rimmer? That's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And finally, from Josh Green, well-written letters. JT. That's right. Oh, very nice. All right, Megan, I'll turn the the password board back to you. Uh, Give give us some of yours. I don't think mine are even very conducive to playing password because they're vague. They Um, are now. (laughs) Holes. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Or like a hole. No, is it Peter Harkey from Marquesas? Yes, it is Peter Harkey. Uh, Condo paid for, no car payment. Ooh, that'd be Baby (laughs) Bride and Heidek. There you go. Okay, uh, and I'll do one more. Meatball sub. (laughs) Oh, you know this one, Liana? (laughs) Oh my goodness, these are just epically ridiculous. I love all of these. (laughs) Um, uh, No, the name is eluding me. I believe it's was that it was either Amber or Jerry because I remember them fawning over the like meatball sub in Australia. <laughs> it is Amber Burkish, Amber, yeah. yeah. Mariano, yes. Uh, what about you, Liana? <laughs> okay, uh, so okay, sticking with the the theme, uh, making love, making love. Oh, oh, oh uh, Danger Dave. Yeah. <laughs> um, cookies. Angie. Yes, and last one I had was getting loud. Oh, Sandra. Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. uh, Here's a few of mine. Irony. This this might be a tough one. Irony. (laughs) I just like saying the word over and over again. Just say it. Yeah. Again, it's the same strategy. Lannis Morissette. Um, Uh, No, not yet. Maybe maybe 20 years from now, she'll be playing in Celebrity Survivor. and You can go back in time and make this a a valid clue. Isn't that ironic? Don't you think? Okay. I don't know. I'll give you a hint. Uh, Palau. Oh, um, uh, James. Yep, that's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But it also accepted uh, Oracle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bad Oracle. Mm-hmm. Uh, stumbling at the finish line. Stumbling at the finish line. Uh, I mean, Wu didn't really stick the landing, but I'm guessing that's not... Um, uh, hmm. um, uh, uh, um, crap. Uh, okay, but uh, this is not like a challenge reference, right? Is this like a no. final tribal council stumbling? Oh, Amanda, that is yeah. correct. Amanda mm-hmm. Kimmel. Yeah, I also would have accepted Russell Hans as well. To be fair. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, heavy on top, light on brains. Is it Morgan McLeod? No, not Morgan McLeod. That would have worked for me, though. Uh, And I hint. Uh, One world. Oh. um. Slash made an appearance on another season. Heavy on top. Heavy on top. Light on brains. Troyzan! No! Troyzan is uh, heavy also, on the bottom. Also played on Blood versus Water. Monica? No. There were some other Blood versus Water <laughs> people there. 
There was one other one there. <laughs> I'm guessing everyone was not. Okay, who's on both One World and Blood versus Water? Now we're just trying to figure out basic survivor trivia. Yeah, this has moved on from anything. What do you think the past 45 minutes of this podcast were? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, uh, God, okay. Uh, I'll give you another hint. Uh, Clam Meister and Pearl. Clam? Cat? Oh, Cat Ederson. Cat. That's right. Oh, oh okay. top heavy. Yeah. Oh. Top heavy, light on brains. No offense to you, Cat, but I thought mm. that was a fun little slogan for her. Oh, no, very, fun. yeah, very well done. That's yes, fun. yes, yes. <laughs> so for next week, as mentioned before, according to Rick Devins, heaven is getting mud rubbed on you by war dog. Not sure if that's entirely applicable to everybody, but you know what? Uh, heaven might just be a place on earth as well. Question for next week. What is survivor heaven? You have a bunch of ways you can reach out to us. You can use the hashtag RHAPBNB on Twitter. You can respond to this post in the Rob Has Awesome Patrons Facebook group on the post on RobHasWebsite.com. You can email it to us, RHAPBNB at gmail.com. We'll be going over all these answers next week as we talk about a guy who is also trying to get into heaven from his various stints on Rob and Akiva Need a Podcast. Akiva Winokur is going to be appearing on the B&B to talk through episode 12, or only a three more episodes of Survivor, including the finale, and we still have 16 people left in the game. So we'll see where it goes from here, but I'm super excited to uh, watch it all fold down with Akiva next week as we talked about Survivor Heaven, and I'm sure so much more. But for now, Megan, thank you so much for coming on. You submitted yourself to the uh the survivor justice league you played uh you excelled at hearing all the ream references from survivors past it was an, an absolute delight to hear from you and of course you are picking up the check right absolutely uh i have some some twigs here balloon boy is floating right down right now to uh give me the form of payment i need <laughs> so if people want to follow you to hear your thoughts on various things going on how can people follow you on social media yeah, you can uh, follow me at Meg Wants to Know uh, and uh, listen to Robin Akiva have a podcast wherever podcasts are sold. It's one of my favorites these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would co-sign that. Um, also, I've already left, so you guys are going to definitely have to cover the check <laughs> for me. Yeah, Liana's uh, on the phone right now. She just sort of <laughs> speaker phoned her way in to give her little plugs. That's all right. of this clam chowder that's left over, though. <laughs> so much. Yeah, uh, and all the stevia packets are gone from the table. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What a it was crazy. It's going to take me forever to work through all the almond flour in my house right now. Um, okay, so I am excited to be back uh, on the Drag Race podcast um, because I did not get to talk about Snatch Game, but I do get to talk about the craziness that was this improv cops Reno 911-esque challenge. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And you, you can find me on social media at Liana Boris, L-I-A-N-A-B-O-R-A. A-A-S. You can always follow me at a Mike Bloom type, as we talked about before. The Amazing Race has settled in, and I am having so much fun with Rob Cesarino and Jessica Lee getting to recap it. Robert appeared on his first Amazing Race proper recap to talk through everything, and the pure joy that came out of poor Rupert struggling <laughs> with his spirit guide in The Amazing Race. This season has been so much fun. I can't believe I actually got to talk with Rupert and Laura as well. I did an exit interview with them for Parade during their time on The Amazing Race, and they were really gracious and so sweet to talk to. So be sure to check 
all that out as well as all the other random stuff I'm writing for uh, Parade and THR and comic book resources. So thank you all so much for listening. If you have ideas for games like John Tinkham did or uh, suggestions for things like DJ LaBelle Klein did you can reach out to us in a bunch of ways you can always contact us on twitter we gave out our handles email us again rhapbnb at gmail.com we are receptive to any and all ideas especially as this season is waning down special thanks to scott st pierre for editing all of this behind the scenes paul oselson our head writer and wolf from america for our theme song thank you again so much for listening megan great work as per usual liana fantastic work as per usual as well we'll be back next week with akiva winnaker to break down episode 12 the dirty dozen of Survivor Edge of Extinction. For now, we'll check you out at your next day. Smell you later. Ah. You remembered it. I did. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.